Sorry, I was looking at more vaporizer options. Man, I love vaporizing. I tell you, I prefer smoking now. Maybe, uh, maybe the, uh, this is the, the, the this is where the the problem comes from is that people don't seem to just. It's not. It's not one of those things that like if I change cereals from uh, wheat bix to shreddies, as I, as I do do sometimes, mm. or stop eating cereal altogether and have a bacon baguette like I did today. It's normally just a, a d- decision, but, but because not, because but that's they, not potentially life changing. No, no, it? because because it changes people's whole lifestyle or the mm. way they do a particular thing mm-hmm. that takes up an awful lot of their time. Mm. Um, it it becomes one of those things that people are evangelical about. Look, look. Well, I mean, it's relatively relatively new for me as well. It was only Thursday I started, so it's not uh, James. James, mm. I love you, mm. and I trust. I trust your sense of proportion and perspective on most things. Then you're a fool. No, and, and, and this is... Well, I'm not getting that. <laughs> I don't know who it is. 0203, I don't know who that is. Shall I, shall I put my phone on silent? <laughs> But yeah, so how do you know someone's taken up vaporizing? Don't worry, they'll tell you. <laughs> well, exactly. It's not. Uh, I I have faith that in your particular case, with your uh, <laughs> with your uh, uh, well be uh, emotional and physical well being, <clears throat> and how and and how delicate the balance is there. I am delicate. That you're you're taking up a vaping mm. is one of those things that. There is, I, I think it's a genuine sincere. It's like beards. Mm. I can't possibly complain. Yeah. About beards on hipsters. Mm. I can't because I love beards. Yeah. I've got a beard. I particularly like my beard right now. Mm. I'm very fond of mine as well, actually. But there are an awful lot of them about. Yeah. And it's hard to think that everyone's got them just mm. out of a completely sincere need to not shave. No, I've got mine out of a sincere need to try and distract from my fat neck. It, it's not that fat. It's in proportion. If I, yeah, but if I shave, because I haven't got much of a chin, really. Um, my family are all sort of blessed with quite, uh, or cursed with quite shallow chins. So it, gi- it gives me some chin and also gives me something to twiddle with. I quite like to, to twiddle the bottom bit and then curl it up and put it in my mouth occasionally for just for shits and giggles. Look, what I think it is, and I think you and I get swept up in the beard thing quite a lot okay and maybe this is what's happening with vaping mm. it's i saw a picture it might have been on a facebook advert or on some some advert on a site earlier on about some um uh, product or service that was being sold using one of those really ornate celtic tattoo kind of designs like you get mm. on the side of a kind of relentless the energy drink but okay. it, but it was some other service that was being sold yeah is when you're looking at the the as with most things most physical things mm. beards are a thing that suits some people mm. maybe people like you or i who want to create a distraction from somewhere else on mm-hmm. the face mm. or give some interest to something else on the face so they, they suit some people like a bow in the hair or pigtails or something you know everything suits some, sure. someone or a facial tattoo or a facial tattoo that says that's a swastika yeah <laughs> or that says yeah <laughs> race hate or something yeah. like that on it white power uh, doesn't suit everyone yeah um 
this guy. It's a I'm, statement. Isn't I'm it? allowing it's myself to get distracted. There was a guy. I I try not to get wrapped up in uh, the, the, the m- most of the time. For us, the tattoo thing is very, uh, very unusual because we're a little bit older. Mm. So we do remember that there was a period in the early noughties mm-hmm. when almost no one had a tattoo, and now no, yeah, when I when I got mine, my first one in in '99, it was still relatively. It was a definite lifestyle. Pe- people were like starting to get like tribal stuff and that, but it was very unusual to get sleeves. Although talking of which, I'm. I'm going to book myself an appointment to sit down and talk about having my um my my left arm sleeved. Nice. Very soon. Well, I've already got tattoos there, but I'd like to have a sleeve around. You're going to continue with the uh, Star Wars theme? Well, well, kind of. I've got an idea what I want, but it's going to have to include things like a My Little Pony and various other. Nice. So it's mainly for your daughter. No, it's it's for me. It's for things that um it's a it's like things I love. Cause I've got Star Wars tattoo and a Saints tattoo on the same arm. I'd like my sleeve to reflect things that I'm very fond of, and My Little Pony would be one of them because it sort of embodies um, Scarlet. So, and, and so you're not going to have Scarlet and uh, Nicholas' no. face, no, with a heart round no. it. I, I need to think of something that that signifies Nicola. It might be a beetle or something like that. To be honest with you, because that was her first car, like we a were. scarab. No, no, no. Although, uh, although we were in the kitchen, <laughs> or John, Paul, Ringo, and George. We've got. I've been listening to loads of Beatles recently. Funny you should mention Beatles have have, have been quite large. We've been listening to uh, the Magical Mystery Tour and um, Sergeant Pepper's endlessly in the car recently. But um, uh, we were Nicola and I were in the kitchen the other day, and, and this Beetle flew in, and like you know, I just went to avoid it like you do. But it made a bee line for some, or a Beetle line mm. for for Nicola for some reason. With its pincers clamped on to her septum, seriously, I wouldn't let go. It was the most incredibly amusing thing I've ever seen in my life. Nicholas shaking her head and shrieking because this beetle clamped onto Did her it nose. Hurt, though, is that um, a real I thing? Think, I think it was unpleasant, but I don't think it was very painful. It wasn't a huge beetle. It wasn't a stag beetle, but um, she so just weird. put on some strawberry lip balm. So we think it might have been the strawberry lip balm that it was attracted to. <laughs> but it was awful. quite a sight. It looked like she was moshing. It was quite funny. Um. I, I, I worked at a, I worked at a college, a further education college, at the point when suddenly everyone was getting tattoos, and I found mm. myself constantly perplexed and and maybe feeling very old and prudish because uh, some of the students there were quite young, mm. and I had thought for some reason that the age limit on getting piercings and tattoos was mm. that you couldn't get them before a certain age, well, but suddenly everyone oh. See, I thought, you see, and I felt like there were lots of 17-year-olds with them. But it went from one summer, Mm. one summer it being a definite statement of being part of a counterculture or Mm -hmm. certainly being invested in a particular culture, Mm. to suddenly every third girl Mm. having an identical one, like... Uh, normally, normally a Celtic tattoo at the base of a spine. That was very popular for a very long time, wasn't it? But then, so, so it became incredibly common. But, um, I, I try not to, I, I think broadly, I think a lot of workplaces are quite accepting of piercings and tattoos yeah. now, and maybe more of them should be, um, but. Well, my wife has just recently had her nose pierced again after several years of, of having to have outs of an employer. Not necessarily wanting it over a nose piercing. She's now a slightly more progressively minded employer that's allowed her to do it again. Well, I, I flinch from any argument normally that says that someone's, uh, the, the choices people make about mm. their appearance should, 
uh, but I might, I might, it should make an impact on, on their employer, but, or, or where they can get employment, mm-hmm. but, uh, and I might have talked about this chat before. Uh, there used to be a guy where I used to live. I still see him around town sometimes. Quite a young guy, probably a few years younger than me. Um, used to see him at the bus stop quite a lot. Full facial, like the whole mm-hmm. of his face is covered mm-hmm. in a tattoo. Yeah. Which immediately, I'm thinking, I didn't, I didn't notice details until mm-hmm. later on. But immediately I'm thinking, look, ideally we'd live in a world where, mm. You could look however you wanted mm-hmm. and it'd be fine. But full facial tattoos is kind of saying, I don't want to work in an office or, or, or like, yeah, or, or for most employers later on. He probably doesn't want to wear a suit. I'd, yeah. I'd say that's part of his mindset. But then later on, I realized that there are actual swastikas and stuff wow. in the mix. Brilliant. So it's kind of like, yeah. well, I don't think you get to claim. I'm not saying he would, but I don't think that guy gets to claim that he's being persecuted if, Mm-hmm. If if maybe employers don't want him at the front of their shop selling no. burgers or anything. You're right, though. Being heavily tattooed is very much part of mainstream culture now. I, I was at Portland's Park at the weekend with, with Scarlett and Nicola, home of Peppa, Peppa Pig, Pig World. World. But we didn't focus on Peppa Pig World so much. It gets really busy. I, I've got a tip for Portland's Park. If you've got a child who's old enough to enjoy other rides, okay, it opens at 10, get there at 10, and avoid Peppa Pig World until about half past two. Because that's about the time that the majority of the really little kids are getting a bit fractious, so they leave. And from about half two, Peppa Pig World is somewhat quieter. So you can get onto the rides a bit more quickly, because they're long queues for very short rides that, if you're an adult, aren't massively fit, uh, thrilling. So I, I was quite lucky. Although Scarlett's still young, she's not five for another month yet. But um, we got to go on like a little roller coaster, which she was very concerned about. She was snuggling into me the whole way, which was cute. She didn't bottle it. And she came on the log flume with us. And we did a few other things um, that were quite good fun. And then we went to Peppa Pig World after that. So we'd managed a couple of rides early on, but there were long queues. And then moved out and went back later. But it's a fantastic day. But what I, what I observed was quite a lot of families, you know, being heavily tattooed is incredibly mainstream now. There were loads of people festooned in tattoos that looked otherwise were, were very normal nuclear families otherwise. You know, this one chap with a very large, um, very large butterfly on his, <laughs> on his, on, on his throat, which I thought was quite, um, but also, I, I know you shouldn't, you shouldn't assume anything from looking at people. It's an awful thing to do. It looked like possibly he might work in a trade. The, I, you know, I mean, so and I and I guess if you if you if you if you're working in a in a job where you don't really have to be concerned about if you've got a trade, you know, you know you're not going to be working in an office. Then you know, I guess I guess you can. I still wouldn't have anything below like my elbow. I think arms. Most places you can probably still get away with arms, especially if it's a proper shirt place, because you mm. could be wearing shirts most of the time. People shouldn't judge. But then at the same time, I always find it's a little bit naive and a little bit mm-hmm. disingenuous whenever people who've got lots of body decoration yeah. claim that that people shouldn't even be noticing them mm. somehow. Because I think a large part of, okay, we do these things, we mm-hmm. do these appearance things for ourselves, yeah. but part of the thing we're doing for mm-hmm. ourselves is we like how it's going to look yeah. to other people. Mm-hmm. We don't get writing on tattooed on us mm. that's backwards so that it looks right to us yeah. when we look at it you know yeah. what i mean it's mm-hmm. that's not how we so i you know so people shouldn't 
mm-hmm. judge people by their appearance, but yeah. to act like you don't want people to even notice well, no, that's, a little that, bit. That, that would seem naive if that was a, a stance that someone was taking. I think it is sometimes, though. Well, then that's silly, in my opinion. But so anyway, the beard thing, I yeah. just want to say, mm. uh, I, uh, b- before we started recording, mm-hmm. I had a couple of technical issues with the desk here with at the university. Uh, with the desk here at the university, which actually turned out not to be technical issues. Mm-hmm. I went and got a professional, uh, who helps mm. support these rooms, um, these studios. Uh, I-, I called him for something when I hadn't checked all of the, he problems. was a magnificent specimen of a man as well. Very big, very, very, good. very muscular. And, um, he must have been what, six four? Yeah. Built like a brick shit house. I was, I tell you, I was quite taken. And I'd done, I'd done that thing that I find quite annoying when other people do it where I hadn't, I, I the issues looked like issues I was familiar with. So I hadn't really thought them out properly or tested them before I went and got help. We didn't really need help, but he came and he helped set up a little bit, never had that sort of help before. He kind of arguably did all of the stuff that I normally do with the setup, mm. but we Pro- really... Properly. We, well, you, I mean, yeah, because we really put the um, the setup through the ringer with all that talk of Paltons Park and Peppa Pig World. That's true, yeah. And I can't see any plosives. I was trying to drop plosives Even when I said plosive. Mm. Plosive. Plosive. See, nothing. This is great listening. But anyway, so Beards... Saw a picture with the relentless uh, tattoo style, uh, graffiti style writing. Tri- tribal, yeah. Yeah, tribal writing. And see, tribal seems like it might be an offensive thing to say about it because it isn't really tribal, is it? Well, it depends what you think of when you think As of tribal. a tribe. I mean, I think if you think uh, where I think you might be going, but but tribes are a thing that exists throughout the world. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, um but yes, so it was a picture of a guy, clearly could, looked like a model, but he had one of those big, like, beautiful pit eyes, all, everything mm. was fully, for like, properly formed on the top of his head. Yeah. And then underneath he had this big, bushy, almost perfectly, mm. manic, like... Suspiciously... Suspiciously neat. tidy yeah. and giant beard. Yeah. And, uh, and you look, and I can't help but look at something like that and think, you, know, you don't need to have a beard though, do you? I, it's clearly an affectation. I, I often, I often, I think it's quite amusing that these very sort of handsome young men with their chiseled features are going to have their beautiful chiseled features hidden behind beards when they're at their prime. And I wonder whether they might be disappointed with themselves when they get a bit older and they can't look back at themselves as gorgeous as some, young men. Yeah. I, I think, mean, I think if you're a gorgeous young man, just be gorgeous, you know, and yeah. enjoy it, you know? Because the way it works is... Or, you're, or grow a bit. I mean, it's up to you. You're a bit insecure about the bottom half of your face. Yeah. Maybe there are blemishes. Maybe you, you're not fond of the way your chin looks or you don't feel you have a chin. So you or start growing a beard. Or maybe you're like me. You look like a big toad. And then after a while, because of the state of... Because that you've allowed maybe things to get a little bit out of control mm. with the skin... Uh, with your skin... Uh, uh, you know the process you go through your skincare goes so maybe there have been spots underneath the or or something underneath the beard Mm. and rather than taking care of them the way you should you've you've maybe scratched at at them under the beard so now you don't know what's i might be talking about me now you don't know what's underneath your beard but you're probably deformed like the phantom of the opera man probably you probably are and that's really i think i I mean i hesitate to say that there's a proper way Mm. to live any sort of a life 
but I think that's the proper way to have a beard. Maybe. Gorgeous men don't need beards. They don't, but I have to say they do look good. I, I, I think, you know, these big muscular, um, hipsters, they, they look very Tom of Finland. Yes, no, that's true. Yeah. And Tom of Finland men were, were very strapping. handsome. Yeah, strapping's quite the word for it. But very smooth. Very smooth. Weren't they? Very smooth. Yeah. Did Tom of Finland not really great at the body hair? I don't think. I don't think... No, but, you know, no. some people like uh, hairless bodies. No, I'm sure, but it might be like... My, I'm just saying... I don't, because they're harder to hold on to when they're slippery. It might be like Mike Mignola, Mike Mignola, uh, hands and feet, where he... I don't know that one. He developed a... He developed Mike a, Mignola, heads and feet, heads <laughs> and feet. He developed a style of drawing that yeah. got around the fact that mm. he always struggled to perfectly nail hands and feet. Yeah. That ended up becoming a beloved style all by itself. Which podcast are we doing now? I'm confused. Well, I mean, we're still talking mainly about beards. <laughs> is this the men one or is it the comics this is the, one? This is the men one. I haven't done a lot of podcasts recently. I'm confused, Nick. I feel like we've buried that lead a little bit. This is the first time we've been in a studio for a couple of weeks at least. I reckon it's about a month. Can't be that long, can it? Yeah, it's been a while. I've seen you more recently than that. Yeah, you have, but not in the studio. You came around my house. I have... Uh, missed you. I've missed you too. Im- immensely. Uh, I think the listener might have missed you slightly more. Because well, I missed you too, listener. Thank you. Because they've basically had to put up with me for two weeks just yeah. on my own. It, it's a sign of how much we've let ourselves go, though, that yeah. in the past I would have obsessively tried to find someone to co-host yeah. with. <laughs> I'm glad. I, I like not being replaced. I am. Um, I've had stuff going on, Nick. I know. Can you talk? You can't really talk about most of it, can no, you? No, it's about to. Hopefully, it's 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 going to come to an end very soon. I may be able to talk about it in slightly less. Um, you're guarded now. You're still going to have to be quite guarded about it later on. Probably, yeah. Might be have, have to be something you sort of side up to me and ask me about in a in a public place. You never go yeah, anywhere. <laughs> no, I very rarely go out. So good luck with that. Um, you're basically going to have to be invited around my house. Well, you need to work out uh, work out what we're going to talk about because literally my notes say Bolton's uh, big difference a proper techie guy makes, which yeah. I've written since we started. Yeah. That I didn't predict that, mm. and uh, in pencil, which suggests that maybe I wasn't a hundred percent sure about it. I've written lovely soup smells of sweat, which nice. I think is more about something that was happening in the office just that, before I left. That'd be an onion soup. French onion soup oh, smells awfully like sweat, but it's I, ever so tasty. I know, and in the back of my... It's, there used to be a um, a club called the Rhino Club in Southampton. They did, yes. It used to be a place sort of uh, techno and trance. And yeah, sort of and they had an indie night. They always had an indie mm. night, which I used to quite like as well. Um, I, uh, I I didn't meet Haley at university at a rhino's, but that's where we really realised that we needed to go out with each other for two months and then have her break my heart. Okay. So, um, Hi, Haley, if you're listening. To the uh, to the song Creep, ironically enough. Uh, of the Radiohead. Yeah, well, what happened was she was one of those people, uh, the, the two big formative relationships mm. of my teens and, and, and early 20s mm-hmm. were very, very short relationships with kind mm. of tomboyish girls who were into the music who were into music six months before everyone else was mm. into music. So into not into music in general, into certain sorts of music. So I've talked about Jessie, I think, in my sixth form, who was who whose sister was in Manchester, so she was listening to all of the Manchester stuff before mm. everyone else and stuff. And uh, and Haley had a, a, f- a few 
we we sort of bonded at an alternative indie night at the Rhino actually, mm-hmm. but um, she was she was kind of into she had the Radiohead album uh, uh, quite a while before anyone else did, so she used to play that album and we um, the Benz. Uh, no, no, the the uh, Pablo Honey. Was, was that was. the one with Creep on it? Oh. Yeah, the one that had anyone can play guitar and okay. stuff like that. So she, I loved this song Creep and played it quite a lot and and stuff. And I hadn't really heard it anywhere else. And so uh, she broke up with me. Probably deserved it. Probably. Probably didn't handle it that well. Probably de- deserved it. And I was probably just getting into my. Well, maybe I can start going out to clubs again mm. now. Because my my I'm a very precious flower mm. and would have would have hidden for a little while, um, so I just started going out to clubs and that's when Creep because it was one of those songs that got released two or three times before it really made it big probably, and so suddenly it was being played everywhere. Mm. So I was going out to these nightclubs trying my hardest, mm. and then Creep would come on, and I'd be like, "This song could have been about me." But of course, that was the strength of that song. I can't believe that you, you essentially railed against hipsters at the beginning of this podcast. Oh no, now, it was awful. Now, now essentially, you're saying that um, you had your heart broken by creep before anyone else had heard of it. No, That's no, a very no, no, hipstery, no, no, no. I didn't. Very get, hipstery proposition. I didn't get my heart broken by it until everyone. I didn't re- really oh, okay. realize it was a thing. Oh, okay. I didn't. Uh, I didn't hear Eminem for the first time until. Until I was at a nightclub and everyone else had been all all of these things. Most music mm. I didn't get into until uh, uh, until it was already quite well known. It's oh, just yeah. a couple of times in my life I've aligned myself and been very attracted to girls yeah, who knew stuff that nobody else knew. So they were the hipsters. I'm a hipster lover. You are not a hipster. A myself. fighter with music. That is with TV. Mm. I used to I used to pride myself on liking stuff. Not liking stuff, but having watched stuff before other people mm. did. But there is a there is a joy and excitement in discovery as well, though, isn't there? There's nice, um, silly little things. Like, for example, I um, uh, I bought the new Bell and Sebastian album a few mm-hmm. weeks ago, and it's beautiful, really different. And our friend Jane came round the other day, kind of sort of likes Bell and Sebastian. Hadn't heard the album. She heard it when she was around us, and she's been obsessively listening to it. Ever since, and I think there's 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 a real genuine joy in being able to pass on pleasure to other people. I think mm. that's right. So there is a joy in discovering, a joy into sort of evangelising about it to your friends, like you know things like Doug Benson. I'm very fond of mm. like, you know people who are like minded. Glove and boots are my you know, particular favourites at the moment. I think I the think puppets, that's they're very good. I think that's why I've never really identified with the. I've never really identified with the the hipster um, stereotype because mm. to me that's not about having listened to stuff first. It's about thinking something's rubbish once everyone else is listening yeah. to it. Mm-hmm. Whereas, whereas I always quite liked. I I was always going to end up mm-hmm. watching stuff that other people hadn't mm. watched yet because I watched an awful lot of TV. Yeah, and I like going and finding stuff. Mm. Um. And uh, and seeing stuff that's slightly unusual, and I love sharing with. Mm-hmm. So, like watching films, I if I watch a film with someone who hasn't seen it before, even if I've seen it before, it feels like watching mm. it for the first time to me. And I think there, I don't think that's an unusual character trait, but like unless you watch it with me, because I can't shut up. Well, no, there's that. Mm. Um, so 
Yeah, it's absolutely about being able to share stuff. But mm. what I have realized recently, I was talking to someone about this recently, is that that same thing, though, being used to being the person who is who is going, oh, you've got to watch this. This is really good, and feeling mm. like I'm 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 an active participant in that stuff means that once I miss a step on something like i saw the first episode of breaking bad when it came out liked it but just mm. never quite got around to it the same thing with mad men um and now the weight of expectation i, I have i think partly the reason i go and i like finding new stuff as well mm-hmm. is that i find that once people start going on about something mm. the expectation i i have trouble separating myself from mm. it so if i leave watching a film too late until mm-hmm. the the buzz has got too big around it or something like that yeah. I'll go and watch it and it can't live up to my expectations. And I start judging other people based yeah, on yeah. their love of something or hatred of it. So it's sort of, and not as much as a lot of people do. I won't, I won't go online and tell people they're idiots for mm. not liking or liking something, but, um, it has ended up ruining certain things for me. See, I, so I, I find, I find that I tend to go off and find things to be obsessed about. I'm kind of faddy. Which I think not if, unlike Jane in that regard, if, she was saying about this. Yeah, kind of, I guess. But if if you you've listened to me in the time, you'll know that I get into things quite intensely, mm-hmm. and then there'll always be a residual enjoyment. But that initial intensity at the moment, I'm really into baseball. Mm-hmm. I um I watched I was flicking around Netflix, and you you know I'm a big fan of Ken Burns, mm-hmm. the American documentarian. I think he makes beautiful um, documentaries about America. Very interesting, very compassionate. Uh, the, the Dust Bowl, Jazz, Civil War, um, all really genuinely engaging, really interesting, um, American histories. So I decided to dive into baseball. It's not a, not a sport I really know anything about. Uh, and up until like about a week ago, I'd never watched a baseball game before. But after watching the documentary, it takes a while to get through it because they're two hour episodes and there's 11 of them. So I mean, it's quite, you're getting a lot of information, so sort of binging on it's quite hard. Um, but yeah, now I, I, I'm scouring the the the, um, the list TV listings for for baseball games and wanting to devour them as often as I can because it's a really lovely. Nicola enjoys watching them, funnily enough. So it's got a really lovely languid pace to it. It's a a really sort of intoxicating sort of if you if you're inclined to enjoy sport, it's very. Um, Long periods of inactivity, but it builds subtly and slowly to sort of quite these these really interesting sort of occasional bursts of genuine excitement. And as someone said in the documentary, it very slowly draws you to the edge of your seat. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like the, the the explosive impacts of of American football, American football happens in violent bursts. Whereas, whereas baseball, you know, and fo- football, you know, um, soccer as we play it sort of is it is a very different thing that can that can be very exciting or very boring given and that but yeah baseball feels very very different i've really been enjoying watching it recently do you find do you find coming to it now though mm. it, is it i mean it's it's going to be different anyway because your relationship with football goes mm-hmm. back to your childhood but because yes. of that do you feel like is it something that you enjoy because I wonder about this because of the amount of American football love that, mm-hmm. that goes on among my English or my British mm-hmm. friends online now. Um, is it something that you feel as invested in 
like because football is tied very much to our local environment. Even yeah. people who aren't into it, mm-hmm. I've talked about it before. Even though I'm not into it, it always catches my eye when when I see some reference to Peterborough United because I had a season ticket for them because mm-hmm. I grew up in Peterborough. And and when the Saints are in the news. Mm-hmm. If it's not in the sports news, so don't go looking for it. But if someone out, if someone outside of a Southampton context mentions mm-hmm. Saints, yeah, it, I always perk up. Yeah, and for people who are into it, that, mm-hmm. that's an even more organic thing. Is there almost, and I don't use the term as value judgment, but it, is it something that you can enjoy more as a sort of a fetish object? You're slightly removed from it. Absolutely, you can. It's I've, kind I've, of exotic. Yeah, I've I've got no. I have no real investment in any. I have no investment at all in any in any team at all. It, it's lovely, you know. Even Just with, relaxing watching. Even it. with American football, you know, I I started watching it as a kid when it became very popular on Channel Four. So I've got some baggage and, and investment from earlier on, but I can just enjoy watching the game unfold. I don't really care. I just want to see an interesting game. You know, it's 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 quite nice. American stuff still feels, even now when we've got access to everything, it still mm. feels very different. Our relationship with it's still very different mm. to our relationship to British stuff as well. I think, yeah. isn't it? So yeah, hmm, that's interesting. So, I, very simple game to pick up as well. I find that. I don't watch or listen. I don't watch or listen to an awful lot of documentaries, um, but I've noticed this with films and with the odd documentary as well. That a well-made one mm. can get you interested yeah. in sports or worlds that you just mm-hmm. wouldn't wouldn't care about normally. I remember reading uh, there was a, a manga series called Harlem Beat. That, that was later rebranded or renamed as, as Rebound, which was about, um, some high school street, street basketball kids. Mm-hmm. It got, it changed to Rebound when they stopped playing street basketball and were, were then suddenly in the, in the leagues. Sure. And I don't care about basketball at all. Um, and I imagine if I did, maybe Japanese high school mm-hmm. basketball wouldn't be where the main fix was at, <laughs> but it was so, uh, endearingly done and the action mm-hmm. uh, the action was so well choreographed mm-hmm. in it that yeah I just t- was totally absorbed by yeah. it and I, I don't think I'd know more about basketball if I watched it now but I could definitely watch it and appreciate it more as sort of the athleticism of mm-hmm. it if not the actual competition of it it's curious manga isn't it in so much as um, sports are, are more I can't think of apart from like Roy of the Rovers and so forth I can't think of any um, western comics that that are really heavily sports-based. There's largely something we've forgotten about. And, I mean, aside from in the spandex comics, soap soap opera is kind of Mm -hmm. a lost art in comics, in Western comics. Mm -hmm. And and that's really where that stuff used to happen. Like, I I reckon if we went back to the British weekly comics Mm -hmm. of our youth, there probably was more than just the foot the Roy of the Rovers mm-hmm. one because you had these weekly serials that like they try anything and and they and they were very tied into school experience and stuff like that so he had, uh, Billy the Fish he was a footballer was a goalkeeper yeah um I can't think of any couldn't of move this. around that much though well he was surprisingly agile he was mobile for a, wasn't for a, he kind of floated didn't he yeah was he in this yeah, he was. Yeah, he was yeah, of course he was. But we had we had a lot of football ones, but I reckon they were probably uh, in the in the the ones aimed at girls. They were probably lacrosse and stuff like. I don't and know. I imagine cricket. There, was a bit, there must have been cricket. Must have been comics at some point. 
maybe our friend and uh I'm and, off to read the cricket funnies. And podcaster on dissecting worlds, Kiha, might yeah. be able to enlighten us about yeah. that. I'm sure there were I'm sure there were. But it's funny, inspired by baseball, I was, I was talking to Nicola that man, maybe next season it'd be quite nice to take Scarlet up to a um a T twenty game up at the Rose Bowl, because that's nearby. D twenty. T twenty. So not not Twen- Dungeons and Dragons. No, twenty twenty. So it's twenty overs of side cricket. And it's it's more about slogging and and big hit, so it's kind of, I guess, in a way, shares some similarities with baseball, although not at all. I would say, but you know, you're always you're always hoping for a big hit in in baseball, and I guess that's a principle that carries across to T Twenty. Hmm. Speaking of Scarlet, yes, you've been away for a while. Mm. Have there been any major developments? She, she quite likes the Beatles now. The Beatles, the band. The band, the Beatles. Not yeah. the car that... Surely enjoys... Surely enjoys... There's only a very specific period of the Beatles I like. It's really kind of Rubber Soul, Revolver, um, Sergeant Pepper, and um, Magical Mystery Tour. And that's kind of... Those four albums are the four albums of the Beatles I like. I don't really like anything particularly before it. And I, I don't like it particularly after... Mm-hmm. After that, so I've been listening to. Is that you only like the ones after Paul died and was replaced? <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Was it Stace Taylor on Twitter that was talking about the um... that she'd only just realised, yeah. like she'd only just heard about it and mm. was devouring it? It's, yeah, he's, it's, he's not dead. It seems to have done a bit, had a bit of a resurgence yeah. recently because I think Ringo might have said something weird about it because that's all he ever does these yeah. days. Ringo, Ringo, Ringo Star. Yeah, uh, peace and love. There's only a matter of time before there's some existential Jap- Japanese horror film about mm. him, definitely. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, peace and love, peace and love, now fuck off. <laughs> I love that bit. I love that era of the Beatles. Yeah, yeah, the psychedelic era is fun. Yeah, I joke about John Lennon being a, mm. a, 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 a domestic abuser, but really, they probably all were back in the day. Well, if you listen to the words of it, it's getting better all the time, then yeah, maybe. I um I, I like I like that period though because of his sort of Lear like writing. He's he's sort of surrealist. So you know, I and the walrus, that sort of that sort of stuff. It, it's really mad sort of pieces. It, it's interesting listening to British sensibilities transitioning from um an imperial era into a slightly more modern into a slightly more modern world. So it's a really fascinating sort of snapshot in time. Of course though we're conditioned to to feel like that because obviously the baby boomers um act with an era of exceptionalism mm. in terms of their gen- generation. So, you know, our generation in particular, I think I think we'd probably be described as exes, wouldn't we? Yeah, I think so. Have kind of our entire life had ran down our throats how how wonderful the sixties were. So I don't I don't know whether like my obsession with music from the sixties is indoctrination or whether I would have enjoyed it even if it hadn't been constantly rammed down our throats about what an exceptional era the sixties were and, and how shit kids were after it. Because I, I I remember like, you know, growing up in the early nineties and I, I think looking back at it we were quite feckless and hedonistic. Didn't really believe in anything per se. But you had the hippies telling us how shit we were because we wore sports clothes and we, we didn't believe anything. You had the punks telling us how shit we were because we wore sports clothes and didn't believe anything. It's sort of like, it's, um, 
I don't know, it was a lot of fun. I think they were jealous because it was fun. We didn't have to pretend to believe in anything. We just all got fucked up. Yeah, as opposed to, as opposed to putting, uh, a paper thin, yeah. Mask of idealism. And either, well, either group actually, hippies and punks. I've, and I've, yeah. I've, I've said before, I, um, Danny Baker in his first autobiography, big mover in the punk world. You know, he was one of the two creators of Sniffing Glue fanzine. Um, a real sort of punk, um, scion, you know what I mean? But he, he said it was all bullshit. It was all sneering for the sake of it. They were like art school boys that were just sort of, having a bit of a sneer and a snarl because it was quite an amusing image. You didn't really believe it. Different sorts but, of teen snobbishness. Yeah, but yeah. it sort of, it, it translated down into the fans who believed that there was a, a movement to, and he said it all, for him, it all got a bit ridiculous. See, I think I quite like the, the he says the, the day that it all went completely wrong for him was, um, it was the night Elvis died and he was at a gig and the fans were cheering. He got up on stage and berated a room full of punks for being fucking idiots because they're cheering at Elvis and Stide. They don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And he had to be bundled out the back of the venue because the crowd rather turned on him. That, but yeah. I think, I think that's the thing that really annoyed him. It's like, well, he'd been like, you know, into prog rock and all sorts. He just liked music and he, and he couldn't, I think he got a little bit sick of how this sort of new wave was trying to obliterate everything that came before it rather than just fitting in its place. And, you know, because, and I, I, that chimes with me because I don't have a single type of music that if someone said to me, what sort of music do you like? I couldn't tell them because mm-hmm. I like all sorts given on any given day. I like thrash metal or I like dance music or I like jazz or do you know what I mean? It, it's, I don't, especially as I get older, I don't know why anyone, especially our age, would want to pin themselves down to liking a certain genre. I can understand it when you're young and you want to fit into a tribe. Why is it not, you know, when you're a bit older, why would you want to stick yourself into one category? Or who'd want to be a 50-year-old punk? Well, I'm not saying that. Uh, the, or maybe I am, I don't know. There's an element of tragic hubris and being hoist by your own petard and being... It, it's, one of, it's one of those things where Danny Baker's great and he's by far not the only person, not the only great person... Yeah who's ended up stuck in that position. But it's all well and good being pissed off about how ignorant and sheep-like the movement of, yeah. of, of teens are when, well, yeah. when you were part of the reason they were that way in the first yeah, place. Yeah, It's not like a, it's a, it, it, it's a, and I'm not uh, invoking him so that we can get into a conversation about him, but it's like, it might, the, the, the bit of what Russell Brand says <laughs> that makes it onto t-shirts might be about thinking for yourself. Yeah. But actually, in among the thousands and thousands of words mm-hmm. that come out of his face hole, there's very little of that. And so every, every movement in, every movement in counterculture, mm. uh, every movement in counterculture kind of has that element of, yeah, think for yeah. yourself, man. But also, uh, worship us. Yeah, yeah. And buy lots and lots of our records. Oh, yeah. Or whatever. So it's kind of, um, it's kind of interesting. It, yeah, it's well, and, and I'd never really seen it from that perspective, but, uh, in, in a way, both the hippie movement and the punk movement were fueled by that sort of arrogant, s- snobbish, 
teen snobbishness or mm-hmm. adolescent snobbishness about everything that had gone before. Sure. And I felt like that in the 90s. We all felt like that yeah. when we were teenagers. I, when, I was going to, when I was going to raves, I thought, well, you fucking idiots, you didn't have ecstasy and, and all this. You didn't have glow sticks and ecstasy. You were doing it wrong, you fucking idiot. Of course they weren't. They were just doing what they were doing, and I'd sort of, as was I. You know? it was, yeah, it was I mean, that's how you're supposed fun. to feel when you're a teenager. Mm. I think it's it's much more of a, it, it, it's something that, boys in particular mm. are encouraged to feel like throughout like for the first 10 or 12 years of your life you're you're encouraged to be a bit well, cheeky I, and I, and challenge stuff and I, then i felt we were sort of channeled into a very hedonistic world i mean certainly i was talking to i've seen a couple very lucky seen a couple of very old school friends recently which is which has been really really pleasant i was talking to them about um our attitudes towards drinking i've chosen to stop drinking so i think i had a had a glass, I had a gin and tonic on my wife's birthday, but otherwise I haven't, I haven't drunk to get drunk for an awfully long time. And I think there is the crux of the problem. When I drink, I quite like to get drunk. Mm. And, you know, we still come from a generation where when you went out of an evening, you were racing last orders. Yeah. So it was still quite out in the provinces. It was still quite unusual for places to open late. Um, so generally you were going home at about half eleven evening so you drank accordingly and it was it, it rave fit, kind of fitted into that because it was all about getting as off your face as you possibly could it was sort of it's a very strange sort of era where and I, and I can't kind of get my head around the fact that you um I, i've read and heard several pieces recently about it was a very interesting piece in the guardian about um this guy his 14 year old son who's very anti-drugs um, and he's turned to get, turned on his friends who've, who've taken drugs. And he said, can't, I can't get me around, because he was like us, a sort of mm-hmm. child of the nineties, as it were, and can't get his head round how does that, how the attitudes change like that. It's very. Well, his son's probably rebelling against. But very possibly. Very there's, possibly. A, there's an element of self obliteration about mm. that. And we have a tendency. But then I wasn't rebelling. My, my dad drunk. I mean, it probably. You know, it almost, almost certainly shortened his life, the fact that he drank so regularly. But that's where we're fucked. Because mm. you're either rebellious or you... Well, this isn't either or, because you can be both. But you either end up rebelling against your parents or desperately wanting mm. to make them happy or or mm. be like them or yeah. whatever. And, and invariably you end up doing both at, at some point anyway. But it's... um. But yeah, so you're... Sc- because it's easier to take the it's easier to take the self obliterating route, mm. isn't it? And I mean, we we have a tendency as a culture, and I don't really blame this because drinking tends to be a bit. The end results of drinking tend to be a bit more damaging to everyone, I think, yeah. than than like raving. But um, we look down our noses at the footage, and what doesn't help is there's footage. There's lots of footage of it now. We look down our noses at footage and pictures of teenagers going mm. out and getting absolutely hammered in the streets just mm. a, a nightmare after about six o'clock on a thursday yeah. night to like the middle of the day on sunday mm. and they are but it's just a like a bigger scale version of yeah. what people do when they don't really know what else to do they're just trying to like kill some time before monday One of a lot the, of the time uh, there is a phenomenon that i've noticed from trailers as, as seems to have cropped up and i'm sure i've seen more than one of these of these shows where parents, it's kind of like hidden cameras, the cameras have followed their kids around 
um, going on holiday, and then their parents are watched the footage and act shocked. So I think to myself, and again, all of these parents seem to be around our age, or you know, not not an awful lot older because we're relatively late starters, you and I, and they act shocked. Can you not remember being a teenager? You must have done exactly the same things or knew people that did the same things. It's a very But it's strange... about seeing stuff that maybe you're not supposed to see. I yeah, mean, to, why to... would you want to? I think when Scarlett gets to that age, I, I, I want her to be safe. I want her to be intelligent enough to make good decisions. But I, other than that, I don't want to see it. You know, I, I, it's fine. You know, you go off and enjoy yourself, you know. The, um, that's one of the sorts of shows that, that's one of the sorts of shows that Amy watches with her friend Oki mm. when they come around because they know I, she doesn't, I don't like watching it and she gets mm. a sort of a perverse. She didn't uh, really have that. I think like, the parents are dreadful. I, I think anyone who would, would willingly go into that, you're an idiot. And the shock at, because there's always the reveal where the yeah. kids find out that they were there. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know how they pick it because it seems odd that they'd know in advance how bad things are going to get, but they are normally the more extreme cases. I, I would assume that the film crew is helping point them in the right direction. Mm. I would be amazed if the crew following the kids weren't trying to make the best television program mm. they could. And um, and there there is there is a level at which, the, even though the desire, the desire to get hammered comes from to get hammered drunk mm. comes from roughly the same place as getting off your face. Mm. Uh, when, like, getting off your face mm. on on ecstasy or whatever when you're younger, but uh, alcohol has this tendency to escalate into just a, a level of sloppiness that I've mm-hmm. just never seen in any of my. Maybe sometimes because because we're smoking dope, it's not like you take it at one point mm. and then you ride it out. I've seen I've seen people get sloppy from smoking dope because it's mm-hmm. it's one of those things where the actual consumption, the actual consumption is part of the mm-hmm. habit. Same with yeah. alcohol. Yeah. Um, but uh, but generally speaking, yeah, alcohol has a has a tendency to escalate into. And normally, when someone smokes too much dope, a lot of their sloppiness is is restrained to wherever it was they were sitting when they started smoking dope. They don't tend to move that far. Well, Whereas drunk well, people go, have a tendency to, to yeah, drunk people have a tendency to and drunk t- and and it's not just a, a lot of the time, a lot of the time when we were getting off our faces. It was okay. Maybe it happened at festivals and and places like that where we had a relatively mm-hmm. free reign. But it was always kind of with this understanding. It, I don't think it was ever unrestrained. And now sometimes it is because there's like a whole culture around going to Ibiza and I and know, literally I was you a bit of an arsehole. <laughs> See, I don't. I I, I got I, sloppy, but I don't mm, think I ever got. Oh, I used to love like just doing a rap of speed and going into town for the day. I I just I was one of those kids. I just I, I like. I like the transgressive nature of it. I like being off my face when I shouldn't have been off my face. It was Yeah. It I mean, was, but that's the thing because there was mm. a there was a transgressive side to it. So you mm. knew you were getting away with something. There wasn't this and we'd all we'd all go off to the pub at the bottom of town where all the sort of deadbeats and stuff hang hang out. We'd all sort of feel very clever together even though we've gathered together in our own little club of yeah, no, deadbeats. Exactly. But that's the thing, isn't yeah. it? You're there. It's not like you're going to a place that's like a whole town where okay, maybe if you if you go to like a Greek Mm. A Greek island or whatever, 
Um, although they're all being ruined by immigrants at the moment, like by uh, asylum seekers at the moment. So don't <laughs> don't go to one of them. But like um, if you go to uh, somewhere like Ayanapa or Ibiza, you, the whole town is basically there mm-hmm. for you to do whatever the fuck you like. I went, I went to Ibiza in '98, mm-hmm. and that was um, yeah. I felt kind of bad for the people who who lived there. But nobody gives a shit. But the, but the thing is, yeah. It's not great for the locals, mm-hmm. but otherwise the whole town is, the whole place is set up mm-hmm. to allow you to do whatever yeah. you want. Whereas we used to get these little injections of that at festivals, but at the same yeah. time, it wasn't like you could do that all the time, the rest of the time. So mm-hmm. I, I just, I don't know. It's interesting you mentioned one of those shows because I did catch a bit of one of them recently. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I know I quite often fall into this trap of trying uh, of allowing myself to get like to observe one of these things and mm. think it's somehow representative of a wider broader culture but uh i tuned into the very end of one that um that amy was watching uh, with oki and it was this there were like three mothers there probably a little bit older than mm. us but not by much and um the bit i tuned into was this teen boy at a festival with a friend they were both sloppy drunk, but the the boy who was the object of what we were watching, whose mum was watching with mm-hmm. these other women, uh, he was clearly more together and was just mm-hmm. basically his friend was lying there, almost unconscious, mm. conscious enough to know he was in trouble, and asking. He was sort of uh, sort of saying, "I I think can you get someone to help me because I think I'm in trouble." Like mm. he was he was kind of freaking out. And the son of the woman was just like, oh, I can't be doing with this and just walked off and left him. And in the end, the medics had to come. Some passers-by ended up getting help for him. The yeah. medics had to come. And the guy was just like, oh, I just couldn't be doing with it. Couldn't be asked. And okay. So the context that I was given afterwards was uh, I walked in and, uh, and, and, uh, Amy was all, they were already kind of annoyed by this mother mm. because. The boy had been making horrible jokes about girls and horrible mm. comments about girls and probably getting up to all sorts. And she was the one who was being annoying. The mother was annoying them because she was the one saying, Oh, it's just, it's just boys off the leash though, isn't it? It's fine. It's, it's okay. This is just what he's like when we're not like just going, Oh, we've got a very close relationship, me and him. We're very open. We, he tells me everything and stuff like this. And it's like, yeah, he can say what he likes about these girls. It's just, it's just boys when the, there aren't people mm. around, et cetera, et cetera. And the second he walked away from his friend, mm. the the male friend who he had known for a while, yeah. and just deserted him, she burst into tears and she was like, oh, I didn't bring him up like that. I can't <laughs> believe I'll be, no, I'll be having words with him about that. And I don't know, part of it was maybe denial about how mm-hmm. he was behaving before, but we see that again mm. and again with like um, the sexual assault cases and rape cases and stuff like that where mm-hmm. mothers say, well, the girl shouldn't have been wearing those clothes. Of course, yeah. my son wasn't going to be able to help himself and stuff like that. Oh, framing them as the man is the victim. Yeah, it happens all the time. It's horrible. But I, I can't help but see that certainly that's not how all men turn out that way. Mm. We are not blameless as a gender. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's annoying to me how often there's an extremely coddling mother mm. <laughs> behind, behind some of this behavior. It's like. Yeah, but they're also, I would assume, be a father who can get away with what the fuck he likes. Or who isn't even around. as well, yeah. I, I, I mean, mean or, or who's completely mm-hmm. absent from the yeah. whole process, emotionally if yeah. not physically. I, yeah, I, no, I, I know. Yeah, almost certainly the male role model in his life will 
Yeah. But there's a, there's a cliche, uh, quite a nice cliche, but there's a cliche that goes around, uh, around the parents of Facebook. <laughs> Let's just call them one formless group. Mm. Um, certainly the mothers of Facebook. Uh, which is that, you know. Sounds like the shittest motorcycle gang <laughs> in the world. The, the mothers scariest, of face. The fucking scariest. <laughs> <laughs> the mum's nets. They're like, you don't want to mess yeah. with them. But like, there's a th- there's this sort of, uh, uh, pithy thing that always gets shared around, which is, and it's always seen as a positive that your sons will learn, and it's on Reddit, and I've seen it there and stuff. Your, your sons will learn. Your sons will learn how to treat women from you. That's why the bond between a son and his mother will never be like nothing can ever beat it because they will learn how to treat women from you. And it's like, I think there's a truth to that, but it's not always a fucking good thing. No, you know, it's, um, it just, I mean, it's probably all the patriarchy. I don't know. Uh, things. Noah is. Singing along to a lot more stuff. Good. Which is nice. And there's lots of, he's cuddling Max a lot. And most of the time, most of the time he lets Max go when you tell him he's getting too rough. <laughs> so that's okay. He does row, row, row your boat with Max. Cool. But his grip's quite strong. Yeah. Sometimes a little bit and, and he can be yeah, a bit yeah. pulley. But I mean, it's all love. It's fine. Mm-hmm. He's not trying to hurt him. Yeah. It, the hurting is just kind of a side effect. Yeah. So, and, um, and this week in, uh, this week in, uh, uh, horrible, horrible guilt and privilege. Uh, I, have you seen our new sofa? I've seen a picture of it. I haven't been invited to your house since you got it. It's the first nice bit of furniture I've ever, mm. like, you, I, when you have the means, mm. normally the biggest purchase you make, the first biggest purchase mm. you make is normally a TV. Then maybe a car and then maybe a house or you might j- mm-hmm. jiggle those things around, but those are quite big. And purposes. then a really highly spec cannabis vaporizer. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Um, I've, I've never spent, I don't think I've ever bought a new piece of furniture like this. Mm. Lots of shelves. I bought lots of shelves. Um, but I've never bought a new piece of furniture like this. It seems weird having always lived on secondhand sofas yeah. mm-hmm. to actually spend a chunk of money on something. Mm. I mean, a higher purchase. You know, we haven't, well, not higher purchase, but we, we haven't paid our first payment yet. That doesn't start for a couple of months. And then mm. it's, uh, 18 monthly payments of a, a yeah, certain yeah. amount interest free. So, I mean, strictly speaking, we haven't bought it, but it's a big, yeah. it's a big commitment. And it seems weird committing that much to something that you're going to mm. sit on and allow your children on to. Um, and I love it. Yeah. It's very comfortable, but the, amount of anxiety this thing has brought into my life is I feel like we've paid a chunk of money for me to uh, on the one hand have you left the plastic on no they didn't come in plastic oh. I, the amount of times recently I've thought about maybe we should get those plastic covers for what it what about throws you got throws yeah but they only do see this is the thing on the one hand it's probably it's not that it's slightly too big it's white isn't it it's be- it's like a light beige you've got two dogs Two kids under two and you've bought a, a beige. Before you even look at, before you even look at the finish on it, right? <laughs> it's, and this isn't, this isn't our fault because we looked at, we looked at all of the dimensions on new sofas. Yeah. And I think that our, our house, while again, it would induce a huge amount of guilt mm. to say it's small because it really isn't small. No, it's a lovely but, big house. But the dimensions of, the dimensions of the living room mm. are such that any sofa set, Mm. would be too big 
but I just can't get, I, I walk in and I'm like, this, there's just, mm. this room is just fucking dominated by this thing. This isn't good. And then the, the reason we got beige, the reason we got a light color, there was a choice between a dark color and a light color, but the man at DFS <laughs> said yeah. that there's this Scotch guarding thing. Oh. It's like the best of all Scotch yeah. guarding. And mm-hmm. It costs 200 pounds. Brilliant. But. Oh, really? Did he say that, did he? He didn't say it cost £200. No. He didn't, he didn't mention yeah. the cost until what, a little bit what later. What sort of bonus do you think he's on for upselling? No, I mean, obviously loads. But the guarantees were that, like, if you spill anything on it, all yeah. you'll have to do is blot it, yeah. like push down and blot yeah. it, and it'll go. Really? And and it doesn't matter what it is, red wine, yeah. anything, it'll just go. Yeah. Now he's getting dog piss out of that, you know? We aren't deliberately spilling red mm. wine on it. But, like, just any water... Any clear yeah. liquid, yeah. not just dog piss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Any clear, and it's like guaranteed that if they don't, uh, if if you can't get a stain out, yeah, they will. But you should be able to get stains out. Yeah, but they will come out and and they will fix it. They will put a cushion over it. But it, so that's why we went. Yeah. That's why we went for the lighter color rather than the darker color. Brilliant. This thing's fucking ridiculous. Mm. And it just the slightest. Water, market, nothing yeah. comes out of it. Nothing yeah, no, at all. Of course all. not. No. And of course, the guarantee on it. Yeah. And all of the writing mm. says what you absolutely must not do. Yeah. Uh, any sort of wiping. Yeah. Any sort of cleaning product. Yeah. Do not do that because yeah. that invalidates the warranty and they won't yeah. come out and replace it. Right. I mean, what are we supposed to do? Where, where do you think he's going on all day this year with his upselling bonus? Where, anywhere nice? Zanti, probably. It's still supposed to work, though. Maybe you'll go to Ayanapa. Maybe, Kos. yeah. Won't go to Kos. It's been no. ruined by the filthy I'd, tide of human despair. I prefer um, other lettuce types. <laughs> and and so, it, I mean... I'm talking like I've never been mugged off by a furniture salesman, but it's funny to me. It's just... Well, because the situation we're in, where mm. we wanted a new sofa, yeah. we were in a position to buy one, yeah. and we've got two dogs, yeah. and a toddler and a baby, yeah. so if there is a possibility that you yeah. can get something that would keep it cleaner, you'd, yeah. you'd go for it if you could afford it, wouldn't you? I'd go for the darker colour. Yeah, Sorry. we should have gone for the darker colour as well. That's I mean, just bit re- I'll be honest with you, that's just bitter experience. This is the, the first fucking yeah, piece of furniture the, I've ever the bought. Very, the very first furniture set um, Nicky and I bought, um, we bought when we were coming down from taking speed, <laughs> which is not not a good way to do it, and it was white. And it's the, the first and only white furniture set we will ever have. Because it's just... You've gone with dark leather... Yeah, that's why. Yeah, that was yeah. our second set, dark leather. It, it, it's knackered, that furniture, but it still kind of looks all right. Just it's, about. We've had it for less than a month, and mm. it's very, it's, it's very frustrating, because mm. I think uh, we are doing okay enough that anything up to about 20 quid, yeah. maybe, or a tenner, maybe, mm. we can be uh, certainly, like, we don't chuck that sort of money around at things mm. but like you can maybe afford if something might be useful to you yeah like a uh a utensil or a garden tool or something mm. like that you can afford for it to, to buy it and it lasts six months and and you maybe have to replace it again Ooh. we try not to do that no i would at least a couple of years use out of things these days 
Well, but I think maybe as as your salary goes up and you're mm. and and you get in a slightly, if you manage to get in a slightly better position, mm. the amount the amount that you're willing to spend without it suddenly being this huge amount of stress. Yeah. But my limit's about fifty pounds. Like I bought I bought some of those mini SD things for our phones. Okay. And each one was about twelve or thirteen quid. So I thought, sure. well, for what we're getting. That seems reasonable. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of space. It'll be, it'll be quite useful. So I didn't think to, we, I had the money. So I didn't think too hard about that. But anything that's approaching the 50 pound mark, mm-hmm. suddenly I'm like, well, is it going to be cheaper from this place? Or this? suddenly mm. it's this huge source of anxiety. Yeah. Even if it's something that's going to be well worth that. Yeah. I'm like, am I paying five pound more than I should be paying mm. for it? All of this stuff. I've never been able to, to just realize, well, that's what it costs. Yeah. So just spend it. This thing is worth 50 pounds. Sure. So just spend it. So then when you get to a hundred pound thing or a TV or, and this sofa, I'm like, that's, that's a lot of money and it's just there and it's got yeah. stuff or it's got stains all over it. I just don't know. I, I just, I wish we'd never bought the fucking thing. Oh, you'll, you'll learn to love it. Put throws on it. Well, we've got throws on it, but apparently yeah, if a dog's cleaning itself, that's apparently not enough if the dog has a saliva issue. Oh. Anya's okay. getting quite old. Yeah. Another thing that got quite stressful this week, and it shouldn't be stressful because uh, it's a nice thing, is I uh, a, a friend of mine is still in quite close contact to an ex-girlfriend of mine mm-hmm. who um, is the owner of Anya's uh, mother. Yes. Um, th- when uh, When I lived with her, that's when her dog had... Anya in that litter. Anya's quite infirm and we're mm-hmm. kind of of the understanding that she's old and she's an old lady yeah, now yeah. and her condition, the conditions that she has now, she's going to have till she dies. Yeah. And 12 years is about how long mm-hmm. um, a Dalmatian lasts. She's 12. Yeah. Bloody hell. I'd... Um, Actually, mine were eight and seven this year, so. And, um, and so, and I'm not sure if what I'm admitting is a really awful thing or not. I haven't really put mm. it in words before so I'll, I'll just go for it um so among among other things through i did this thing which i shouldn't have done which was this person this ex of mine who i still like i still get quite stressed out mm. about because it wasn't a great relationship um that she popped up in in someone else's communication so i thought yeah. well i wonder what she's up to now and so mm. i looked and she was doing okay and i'm not uh, far gone enough that mm. I'm angry that she's doing okay. It's good that yeah. she's doing okay. But then I saw reference to her, uh, her, her dog, the Dalmatian, mm. certainly from a few months ago. And, and that, that dog is still alive. Okay. And so, and I've kind of been curious about asking, but I don't know how you ask that question yeah. through other people. Is this dog, you know, is the dog still alive? And so on the one hand, I'm glad because she was a lovely dog. Yeah. And on the other hand, I'm glad because, She's Anya's yeah. mum. Mm-hmm. And if she's lasted that much longer than one would expect. Yeah, it means Anya's probably inherited good genes and. Ho- hopefully. Mm. But because we're so used to the idea that, that mm. she, that they last to about 12 years. Yeah. Part of me is kind of like, well, I want to find out if at least she's a bit infirm mm. or because, because part of me is, is like, it's like reverse Schadenfreude. I'm kind of mm. like, well, I mean, is it something to do with how I've been looking after Anya that, mm. that she's struggling now and her mother seems to still be going strong? Is this, it's a very weird feeling. Mm-hmm. It's a kind of a mixed up feeling. I don't want the older dog mm-hmm. to, I don't want the mum to be dead. Yeah. 
but at the same time, I don't like how it maybe mm. reflects on us if she's in a better state than Anya is. Okay. Or me specifically. It's all about sure. me. I'm the one who is feeding Anya leftovers yeah. from my plate uh, until Amy came along and said, I don't think you're really supposed to do that with dogs. It's fine. <laughs> dogs are anything. I know they'll eat anything, but then so we. I was, I, you know, I was really relieved to find out that apparently eating horse shit is quite good for them. Good. Because my God, do my dogs like to eat horse shit. They, they love it. Specifically that, I mean, mine do too. We take them out quite a lot into the new forest. I think they think we're taking them to an all-you-can-eat buffet. With our dogs, it's uh, always a relief when they eat the stuff because the little one has a tendency mm. to roll in it. Yeah, horse shit's difficult to roll in, though. It's, yeah, and it's, it's normally dry. The, the common is more of a, a Russian roulette in terms of dog rolling than uh, the New Forest. Absolutely. I think you're right. Yeah. I definitely think you're right. We went to the New Forest this weekend. Mm. It was nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, we maybe should have gone after Noah's nap rather than before his nap. There was oh, lots right. of screaming. He's okay. he's going through a bit of yeah. a screaming phase. Um, It's not all... A song and dance act. No, it's not. But it's but it's still very rewarding. Yeah, and I think if we keep telling ourselves that often enough, we'll believe it in time. Should we go? Yeah, let's. Uh, it's been lovely being yeah, back no, in the studio nice, with nice you. It's nice doing the podcasts. I've missed you. I might uh, do another one on Thursday. You never I th- know. I think people. Th- I think people think. Well, I mean, I don't know if anyone's even listening, but mm. I think if they do, <clears> they might think that they might think that there's something wrong with us. Well, you know, I've not been so well recently, but I'm feeling tip top at the moment. I mean, as a team all oh, right no not at all we all love you still each other like very, me no very much yeah no i, I still love everyone i'm not is there's no um there's absolutely no issues in terms of uh, my my love of my friends that i podcast with i've just not been feeling very well recently for reasons well good as long as it's yeah. on you that's fine <laughs> bye-bye bye-bye, bye-bye.